Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Russell, and with me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hello! This is a show where each week, Ashley and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters, and we break it down whether we thought it was good or bad, and whether or not it would make for a good date movie. On this episode, we're talking about Ad Astra. This is the sci-fi film from director James Gray, starring Brad Pitt. The IMDb plot summary reads... Astronaut Roy McBride undertakes a mission across an unforgiving solar system to uncover the truth about his missing father and his doomed expedition that now, 30 years later, threatens the universe. So uh, this movie, it currently has an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it opened this past weekend to about $19 million. Uh, That's off of an $80 million budget. So, I was about to say, that's not that great for... Well, for its budget. No, I mean it's a movie like this should have been made for maybe like fifty million. Yeah, probably. So it's got a ways to go. Um, you know, the one, the one little fly in the ointment is that it got like a B minus cinema score. Yeah, I mean that doesn't indicate like this movie's going to leg out to word of mouth. You know, that indicates people are kind of like not not too high on it. That's actually lower than even First Man. Yeah. Which, Whoa, really? Which came out uh, this time last year and was a, a similar kind of prestige space travel movie. I mean, I've, you know, I'm on Letterboxd, and um, I mean, I've seen a lot of, just over the weekend, just a number of four and five star reviews, uh, guys particularly just talking about how emotionally affected uh, they were by this movie. But, um, but basically, I mean, this movie begins with our main character, Roy McBride, uh, played by Brad Pitt. He's working on a space antenna that is destroyed by a power surge. Yeah. And it's a pretty cool scene. I mean, that is a pretty cool scene. And the fact that they have an antenna that goes all the way up into the atmosphere. Kind of like right above the atmosphere. You can yeah. see the earth below. It's pretty cool. I mean, I would... You still need a spacesuit to get up there. I like, couldn't handle it. I couldn't either. No. Oh, my God. I couldn't handle it. And, and like, and yeah, your, your greatest fear basically happens. Like, he gets blown off of this. And he just goes plummeting down to Earth. Yeah. And yeah, it's a pretty good sequence. That's kind of the opening scene. My and question is, what about like a hurricane or something? Like that's pretty tall. Like wouldn't it snap? It, is it like free floating or does it like no, start from ground it all the way up? The ground, yeah, all the way up. Yeah, that's it. Just seems like a precarious uh, setup. <laughs> this whole space antenna. But so after after surviving the incident, uh, Roy is informed that the power surges are being traced to the base of the Lima project. This Lima project, this was set up 16 years ago to try and discover intelligent life on other planets. And it was led by Clifford McBride, who is Roy's dad, yeah. played by Tommy Lee Jones. And once this group, once they reached Neptune, they were never heard from again. Uh, so Brad Pitt's mission is to kind of journey to Mars with an associate of his father, played by Donald Sutherland, and tried to establish communication with his dad from the, the Mars base. Uh, and the movie's kind of structured a lot like Apocalypse Now. Yeah. You know, in that, like, Martin Sheen's character had to journey to, like, the heart of darkness yeah. to find Colonel Kurtz, uh, played by Marlon Brando. And Colonel Kurtz, who had gone crazy in the jungle. <laughs> it's a similar... And I think James Gray, uh, in interviews... Director James Gray, he's talked about how like 2001 and Apocalypse Now were influences on this story. So I think that's intentional. I guess just uh, like general impressions. Uh, what did you think of this film? I thought it was a big snooze fest. I mean, like I was. What were you expecting from it? 
going in? What were you hoping for? More like Passengers. The movie with Chris Pratt yeah, and Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, at least that was entertaining. Like, that, was, that had some... That was a romance in outer well, space. I mean, none I mean, of the trailers were... I didn't, I didn't were... care about the romance, but... Okay. You know, something exciting and, you know, that you really like the characters and... You didn't connect to Brad Pitt? I didn't connect with Brad Pitt, and I've got some daddy issues uh, of my own. And... Same here. Same here. I think, yeah, you and I were loaded with daddy issues. Um, we're easy marks, I think, for a movie like this. 100% easy marks. <laughs> and I just, I feel like, I don't, I don't think Brad Pitt went there. Like, he played it safe. You think so? Yeah. He's getting great reviews. He's getting raves. I know, but he could I could've... thought he was good. He could have gotten so much more vulnerable and so much more. His character. I don't know. He, he's just his character is very stoic. His character is shut off emotionally, yeah. right? I mean, his character is pretty just shut down and kind of just walled off. That's. I, I thought he played it pretty well. I mean, he's he's very restrained. Yeah. In this movie, but I thought he he gave a commanding performance. I also don't understand what Ad Astra is. <laughs> it's. Yeah, it's it's adapted uh, from Latin, and it means to the stars. Okay. I mean, that's what this movie is. I mean, it's... Boo. Look, look this movie is... It, this is an artful studio film. I mean, this is a big I mean, budget, it was very, artful film. it was film. very well done, I admit. Like This movie isn't like Star Wars no. or, or Passengers, no. like you've talked about. It's. Uh, I mean, this is... Yeah, this is a, a more introspective the, the, art film. There was a lot of things that, you know, they didn't explain throughout the the movie, like, why is Mars at war? Like, why why do we have that? What, where did uh, Sutherland go? I mean, he at just one point, he had a heart attack and went into surgery. Do we not? Did we, we don't even know if he lives or dies. Like, we don't know. At, at one point, this isn't really a spoiler, but at one point early on, a pretty cool scene. They're uh, they're on Mars and they're attacked by pirates. Apparently, there's war going on up there, and like it doesn't really <laughs> say much about it. But hey, well, this takes place in the near future, yeah. And so, yeah, certain details about this future world it, we kind of discover as we go. And yeah, I mean, it's they have basically commercial transportation to the moon. You can you can buy like a, a pillow and blanket for like 150 bucks or something. I mean, they got, you know, got Applebee's. Well, because you're gonna go to the moon and you're probably spending, you know, you've already a got money. Grand, you know, let this be real. There was an Applebee's at the moon. Yeah, there was Applebee's and a subway. So yeah, you there's commercial transit to the moon in this kind of near future. I thought those details were interesting, and yeah, yeah they're traveling on. Were they on the moon or were they on Mars when they got attacked? I think it was on Mars. You know what? He flew to the moon, and then that was the moon. It was on the moon. Yeah, it was on the moon. Yeah, there's um, there's this kind of a, almost Mad Max type chase scene, like chase shootout. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. For a couple minutes, it's kind of like Mad Max on the moon. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, there's this kind of shootout, and that's where Donald Sutherland gets injured. And he's kind of taken out of the mission. He's sidelined. Yeah. And it becomes just Roy's journey, Brad Pitt's movie. Yeah. So overall, you uh, you were not you're not too impressed. I don't know what is it with this like the music that they play in all of these films. I felt like it was the same music as Gravity, the same music as Interstellar, like, like Arrival, Arrival, like very like bassy hums. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, like atmospheric tones. Type tunes. Yeah. yeah, like it's just music here is by Max Richter. And I, I mean, I thought the, I thought all of the like the craft elements 
were were pretty strong. I thought like the cinematography and the visual effects. I mean, I thought this was a striking. I mean, scientifically, do you think any of the stuff it could be? No, real? no, I do not think this movie is plausible. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm not watching this like Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> like spotting it for like scientific errors no i don't care about that i mean i care about the story and just uh, and the way things flow and the way the characters come across i mean that's what i'm looking for yeah overall overall i I enjoyed this i thought this was a strong picture yeah Um, i wouldn't say it emotionally wrecked me it didn't really emotionally move me much so they're ultimately the united states is recruiting brad pitt to send a message to his dad from Mars. From Mars. They think his dad is still alive uh, on the Lima project. And, you know, he's always thought his dad was dead. And so this is why he's going to Mars to begin with, is to send a secure laser telecommunications message. It's got to be sent from Mars for some reason. Sure. Whatever. You know, to them. <laughs> and then after that's done, like... They realized that, you know, the the message got through and they found out where he was, the dad was. And then... They sidelined him. They sidelined him. Yeah. I think beyond that is kind of into spoilers. So we don't want to go yeah. much further beyond that. But yeah, I mean, they they hire him to kind of, I think... Which I thought was pretty shitty. To get in touch. Yeah, yeah. They're doing some shitty things. And Roy even acknowledges, like, I'm being used. Yeah. I and mean, he says that either out loud or in one of his voices. There's a lot of yeah. voiceover in this movie. A ton of voiceover. Well, yeah, what did you think of the voiceover? I mean, come on. Like, I mean, a, he's, a bit he's, much? Thinking, he's thinking in his head. Like, I get it. We get it, right? You in know? a lot of cases, we get it. It, kind of, yeah. it reminded me of, like, Blade Runner, the first, the theatrical kind of Blade Runner. You know, the studio, they, they forced the filmmakers to put in this useless, unnecessary voiceover. And I wonder if a same kind of move was pulled here like studio execs saw this and they're like audiences aren't going to get it we need voiceover of his exact thought yeah because <laughs> that's kind of what's going on yeah i mean in some cases it's okay but kind of right off the bat it's like he's like you know i'm feeling lost i feel like i can't connect and yeah. it's like i mean we can read that from your performance bro <laughs> like that like, yeah Hello. so yeah the voiceover is unnecessary yeah for the most part and then like the leader of the mars army base she reveals some important information yeah, to being Brad. Yeah. And like I just felt like she was just stoic and she was tied to the story. And I just B- felt born like on Mars. there was no emotion from her either. Yeah. I, I, I just thought it was just very emotionless. Like you can be stoic and still like show pain and hurt in your eyes. I just thought it was just not there. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying, and a it, tear, like eyes watering. Well, Brad Pitt, then, Brad like, Pitt does give a tear at the oh end. Oh my god, one tear. I mean, seriously, I thought, I, I thought Brad was okay. I, I thought for the most part, I was okay with the characters being. He still kind looks of, good. Sure, I mean, he's in, in his fifties. Yeah, he he's rocking it. He's having a good year. Um, but I thought for the most part, you know, the characters being like repressed scientific types, I was okay with that. I thought, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it more in spoilers, but it, you know, the way. The dad's character is revealed was kind of a disappointment. Yeah, uh, yeah. That and for me, that kept it from being an emotional, a really emotionally satisfying movie. I, I wish they probably. Well, it's going into spoilers. I mean, that's kind of one of the one I guess of the we things need to, that I, I don't like about the movie. Okay, well, yeah. I guess we should take a break soon. But before we do that, 
it just I've seen a lot of responses from people online, you know, especially on Letterboxd, uh, from male viewers who are just like weeping from this movie. I want to read one review. This is from Letterboxd user Nick Guerra. And he writes, Once that curtain closed, no less in beautiful Dolby Atmos, which is absolutely the way to see this, I sat for a good five minutes in silence. Five minutes trying to put myself together, wipe the tears, and form cohesive thoughts on what I'd write for this thing. Ad Astra, what do I say about you? It's quite honestly hard for me to form correct words on how this thing has affected me. What I've seen is probably one of the most existential and emotional films I've had the chance to see in a while. As watching this felt like witnessing someone write a memoir on their last days right in front of me. <laughs> Mortality, acceptance, betrayal, regret, familial bonds, grief, realization, failures, the destruction of obsessiveness. It's all here. When all comes to an end and you realize you've ultimately failed at your goal and the sacrifices made along the way meant nothing, how do you come to terms with those failures? How do you accept? Ad Astra presents many questions on the human condition and shows how far we go for answers, but slowly presents the destructive paths we sometimes lead ourselves down in searching for those answers. Couple this with Year's best work in Hoyt Van Hoytma's gorgeous 35mm frames, a nuanced and beautiful score from Max Richter and Lauren Balfe, intoxicating production design and visuals, and a script that reeled me in from beginning to end. This thing drips with confidence through and through. Let me not forget memorable work in Brad Pitt's turnout here, as this is seriously one of his most emotional roles to date. It's his character's inner monologues that he reads like an achingly beautiful poem, and it instantly sold me on the emotional turmoil of Roy McBride. Ad Astra is something I say you should experience for yourself. It feels so grounded yet so surreal and wonderful all the same. A singular experience that I hope other people get similar or even the same connections I got with it. James Gray has done something that'll cloud my thoughts for the next couple of days, and I'm excited to unravel this thing with more watches. The endless void of space is a beautiful and scary thing. And I and you're passed out. <laughs> what? That was, sorry, that was long. That, that was a took a while to read that. Uh, but that's that's just one example of all the uh, a mean, lot of the responses is, I've been seeing. There there is some... I didn't I didn't feel that strongly. I, I mean, didn't. I didn't get that. There, weepy. there is some in that in that um, speech that you know. <laughs> yes, that I do. I do agree with. Is the obsession? Is the, you know, you try and you go and you you're obsessed with you know this career and this objective in life and it sidelines you from other. It sidelines you and you don't realize what's in front of you and and your family, your friends, like what's important in life, <laughs> and you're so obsessed with you know answering this one question in life or you know succeeding in a career or um, achieving the one particular goal goal. yeah that's ultimately what this movie is uh, about i would say let's take a quick break and when we come back we'll get into spoilers yes all right we're back and we're gonna get into some spoilers for ad astra but basically, yeah, Brad Pitt, he gets to Mars, and he meets Helen Lentos, who's played by Ruth Nega. That's the... Um, she was born on Mars. Well, yeah, but that's the the person I was talking about who runs the Mars army base. She's a daughter of uh, Lima Project crew members. Yeah. Correct? And so she ends up showing Roy classified footage from the project, which shows that Clifford's crew uh, mutinied against him. Right, yeah. like Tommy Lee Jones, he's leading the crew, and they you need against him because uh, they wanted to return to Earth. 
and he didn't want to, and so he turned off their life support system. Yes. <laughs> He's a fucking psycho. Apparently. He turned <laughs> Not a off good the dude. <laughs> because they hadn't answered that question. Even though they, Is there life they kind and, of did, and they didn't find it after 15 years being by Neptune. Right. Th- that kind of answers the question yeah. uh, in and of itself. Like, no, no response means there's no life, essentially. And so she then tells him that the crew that he's with, they're leaving from Mars, heading to the Lima Project base, where they intend to destroy it with yeah. a nuclear payload. Yes. And yeah, so that kind of kicks off like the second act. And there's like a crazy scene. <laughs> which is so unbelievable. And I just can't even. Wh- wh- which, gonna... which scene are you, are you thinking of? The, I mean, there's like, a couple nuts. Okay, yeah, there's a couple. There's one with like so, a baboon. That, that's not even here nor there. Okay. Like, but, <laughs> random scene you know, with a baboon. That, that's a random scene with a baboon and you know, cool. trying to. I mean, it was kind of. Yeah. There were some random cool scenes in here. But him trying to, him getting on the rocket ship while the rocket ship was almost taking off and, and ending like, up killing everyone oh so i found out what the fuck happened okay so he gets on board and the crew members were being told to basically kill brad pitt right and he's like right. i'm not i'm not a threat i'm not a threat i'm not a, th- I'm not a threat <laughs> this is a weird scene it's so weird <laughs> and then so one of the crew members gets out a gun and starts firing it <laughs> And and shoots a canister. Apparently, it's poison gas. Okay, sure. That kills the. This thing is just know. rigged and, to and, kill everyone. And because Brad Pitt is in his suit, he's in his suit. He doesn't get affected by the poison gas. I mean that that is not explained. <laughs> I had to go and okay. read it somewhere okay. else. Yeah. All right. There you to go. Explain that to me. I'm like, why do these guys die? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> The setup to that scene and the way it plays out, it just it feels really strange. And him kind of hijacking onto that rocket, it, it ends in the death of all the crew members yeah. on there. So, like, I don't know what we're supposed to feel from that. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, are we supposed to keep rooting for him to yeah. like, get, get to his dad? And is it realistic that he can man that whole sh- rocket ship by himself to he... go to Neptune? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, at a certain point towards the end, I mean, they're flying around in space willy nilly. I had to remind myself, like, they do have little boosters on their on their pack, but they're I mean, they're flying around like like Rocket Man at one point uh, around like, in, like the rings in, of in Neptune. Space suits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and there's one cool scene where like he flies through the rings of Neptune, like using like a shield. Yeah. It's kind of like block. Um, but come on, is that going to be real? Like, it was hey, cool. It, it was cool. It was a it was cool, cool visual. Looking. No, yeah. I mean, not realistic, but um, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I don't care so much about really realism. I mean, just. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, if you're going to like tweak reality, just use it. Use that for a purpose and just tell your story. But that was when he was coming back. So let's step back. And he finally found the ship on Neptune's rings. He gets to the Lima Project base. Yeah. And the whole crew on there is dead. The whole crew on there is dead. He finds them. Maybe, yeah, maybe they had that whole scene where, like, Brad Pitt accidentally kills the entire crew to kind of mirror, like, the same... The loneliness, the same... Well, the same thing that his dad did, which was kill off his entire crew. Yeah, So it's because they they wanted to do what they wanted to do. Kind of like the same cycle of selfishness repeating itself. Yeah. Like, they, they both have the same kind of blood on their hands, Yeah, I guess. That, yeah. That's the only, like, sense I can make of it thematically. But, yeah, he, he gets to his dad, and his dad has killed the whole crew, and there's, like, dead bodies floating around, I think. 
couple of them. Yeah. I mean, his dad is just chilling. I mean, With among a couple dead, of dead bodies. bodies. Yeah. Very strange. Um, and yet, Tommy Lee Jones is looking old in this it, movie. Very old. Oh, oh. I mean, kind of fits with what it is. But sure. Like, yeah. They they had this confrontation, and this confrontation. It's not even much of a. It's not even much of a confer- no. confrontation. It was just Brad being stoic. Tommy Lee Jones saying, "I never <laughs> wanted you. I didn't think about yeah. you. I, I just, I, you know." That- that I didn't understand, and I didn't like. That's where I it made it hard for me to like really emotionally connect like, connect to anyone. Yeah. On, on I mean, maybe if if Tommy Lee Jones's character, I he should know, have expressed uh, some regret. Seeing, seeing his son, yeah. yeah I, I mean, his son traveled across the galaxy, yeah. to get to him. Like here they are on pr- Neptune, and to pretty much save his life because they were going to put a nuclear bomb on the the p- spaceship. It should have been more emotional. It, that whole reunion yeah. is played very just, weird for me. Yeah, it, I mean, I understand like what they're doing, and I, I mean, I respect that the movie isn't leaning into like sentiment, yeah, like, easy sentiment. But there was definitely an opportunity there for like Tommy Lee Jones to at least express some regret. I mean, I've hey, I've spent the last sixteen years by myself amongst dead bodies. Just something. Can I have some vindication? Like, I don't just know, something, vindication yeah. of his character or something. Him, him I don't know. instantly but... saying, like, I never once missed you or your mom. Yeah. Just felt like, who who's, who would say that? Yeah. <laughs> under these circumstances. Like, Nobody you. would yeah. say that under the under these circumstances. And then you find he, out. He'll, like, fall down weeping, probably. Yeah. Like, my son, oh, my God, another human being. Yeah, like, another him, human being. Not even, yeah, like, his son. Another, another but, human, like, I'm, yeah, it was I'm, weird. Just, Seeing another human talking human being. Right. I, I, I mean. <laughs> the first thing oh out of his mouth. God. I never loved you. Yeah. Oh like, I know who you are. <laughs> Towards the end, he lets his dad go. He lets yeah. his dad spin off into space. And I think that's meant to be an emotionally cathartic moment. And because of just how closed off the dad was, that moment didn't really land much of a punch no. for me. He's spinning off in space. It's like, yeah. let him. Like, bye bye. Peace out. Yeah. But no, like my whole thing is, is that the reason why Brad Pitt is in there is because they had the antimatter rays, you know, and it's causing. That's what's causing the power surges. The power surges. This antimatter machine that's gone haywire. Well, it turns out it, it, it was just, I think it was a fight. They they tur- accidentally turned it on. I don't even, they didn't even really go into it. Right. That's why I'm like, it, it wasn't really sinister. It was more like an internal like it wasn't battle pre- between like two people it was just accidental caught, accidental and Tommy Lee Jones is too whacked out to like fix it yeah. himself it's yeah it's hard to care about that character and Tommy Lee Jones's character is the whole reason we go on this journey yeah and at the end it's like wow he's yeah he he deserves to just spin off by himself in outer space it's like kind of a, a waste of time what was he even what was he even eating for 16 years i don't know it was on poop I mean, 16 years, I think you're going to run out at uh, some point. food at some point, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's seeds or something like <laughs> that. He's <laughs> just living a, on seeds. A, a plant. I don't know. There has to be some kind of growing plants in there. But no, you're right. It is kind of like like a waste of time for Brad Pitt. And maybe yeah. that's why it gets like a B minus cinema score because audiences are feeling like a waste of time for us well, as well. And then ultimately, you know, Brad Pitt downloads all the data from the ship and then sets the nuclear launch codes or whatnot. His dad couldn't even get his spacesuit on anymore because he was so old. So he was helping his dad put on his spacesuit, and then they end up going out, and you know he's trying to save his dad from ultimate demise. And his dad pretty much tries to kill them both. 
His dad is an asshole. <laughs> his and dad's a real asshole. Hard to care for. I, you know, at the point, like when they were at the end, I'm just like, just yeah. cut him freaking loose. Yeah. Yeah. Bye bye. Sayonara, sucker. Move on with your life. You see that shot repeatedly of his dad yeah. just kind of spinning off into darkness. Yeah. And I think that's meant to be like a powerful moment, like letting go of your father, letting go of the past, you know. And, and not wanting to be like your dad. Becoming your own person. Uh, like a very symbolic moment. I mean, just loaded. But yeah, for me, it was like, yeah, just see you, dude. Yeah. Like, you were not a good guy. But I think ultimately, the lesson that's learned is that Brad Pitt doesn't have to repeat the sins of his father. Yeah. And, you know, repeat the same cycles of his dad. And he can be his own person. And he's given, like, a, a brief at the end on, like, his emotional state. Yeah. And he's, he's a much healthier person. Yeah. But ultimately, like, Brad Pitt committed treason. And, you know... I mean, he committed he's a murderer. He, he He's a murderer. And yet he's able to walk around <laughs> and go into a coffee shop. That's, I, you know, that's actually true. Why isn't he like straight up arrested? I know. When he's like, when he comes back. And then what happened to the lady that helped him? Like R- Ruth, Ruth Nega. Like she just, her character right. just leaves right. and you don't come back. We don't know about Sutherland. Like we have no idea if he's, if he's alive. I think Sutherland is injured, but he's off recuperating somewhere. He's he, like, he was yeah, too but, old to know. keep going. I, I get that. But like, it, it kind of leaves say it, something, you know, it leaves it open. Like maybe Brad Pitt is going to reunite with his ex-wife played by Liv Tyler. Yes. Is that like wife or girlfriend? Wife. Okay. I, mean, I think it's his ex-wife. She has literally nothing to do in this she movie. Has, she has nothing <laughs> like, to do in this movie. She barely has any lines. She's when, got maybe like two lines and she's she, like walking away. When she appears at the end, I like I forgot that she was in this <laughs> to begin with. Like she appears like briefly in the beginning and at the end. But yeah, it, it leaves the door open like Brad Pitt, he's kind of freed himself of his dad's baggage. He's going to be his own man, and he's willing to invest in this relationship. Well, invest in people and, and exactly, you know, just yeah. his surroundings and just appreciate life. I like the, the, the kind of positive ending that this movie gives you. Because, yeah. I mean, it goes through some bleak passages. I mean, it's with this dad who just doesn't care about anyone. I mean, the more again, the moral is like you don't have to be like this person. No, even though like this is your father, it, it doesn't mean that this is you. Yeah, and so I I like the just the hopeful, optimistic note that this movie ended on. There's been a bunch of like very ambitious like space travel sci-fi movies kind of aimed at adults this decade. Probably top of the list for me is like Gravity, but we've also gotten like Interstellar. We've gotten The Martian. Martians for me. Yeah, the, the Martian is great. Um, Arrival and um, First Man. Passengers. Passengers, sure. Yeah, Passengers. <laughs> I think you're the only one who still remembers that movie. <laughs> when you mention that movie, I have to like remind myself like what. Well, is I think that? I just because I just saw it like on TV. Just rewatched like, it. Okay. <laughs> a couple days ago. How how would this compare amongst those other kind of like adult minded like sci fi dramas? It's close to the bottom of my list. What what else is at the bottom? You didn't like Gravity. I did not like Gravity. Gravity's at the top for me. You see, I know. Gravity made me nauseous. Right. You don't like seeing swirling camera mm. work. I mean, uh, watch it on video. Give it another watch. I'm uh, not going to be an astronaut. I, I'm not. I don't, you know. But look, just like, let me tell you. Uh, let me tell you. I found Gravity. If I'm concerned about puking. I mean, I'm not going to like the movie. 
I found Gravity more emotionally affecting than this I, film. That, yes, I do find Sandra Bullock's character. The journey that her character yes. goes on, because at the beginning of that film, she's lost the will to live, yes. pretty much. I mean, she's just kind of just floating through life, yeah. you know, pun intended. And during the, during the course of that movie, she is kind of forced to find the will to live mm-hmm. or just let herself drift off. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's a powerful arc. And yeah. so, yeah, that movie is... And then she, and then her breakdown when she actually reaches the Earth. Yeah. I mean, like... Well, just... she has a breakdown also before that. Yeah. But, it, uh, uh, yeah, the the journey her character goes on is, uh, for me, powerful. And I, I mean, uh, that's one reason why I love that movie. That movie is, I mean, a technical marvel. I mean, it advances the medium in, in a way. But, uh, you know, The Martian is good. I will probably put this kind of like at Astra beneath The Martian and gravity but it's better than first man yeah it's, uh, it's better than first man it's better than passengers um it's better than arrival i'll, I'll probably put uh, arrival uh, above at astra yeah they're, they're close i mean this is yeah this is i mean this isn't good company i would put interstellar towards the bottom <laughs> that movie isn't for me what about <laughs> Like Space Odyssey or like... I was going to say, yeah, yeah, at the very tippy top. I mean, I'm just talking about movies this decade, yeah. but at the very top is 2001. And yeah. this movie, I mean, all the movies I mentioned, oh, a, a supreme debt to Stanley Kubrick's 2001. And yeah, again, James Gray, the writer-director, he, um, I mean, he spoke directly, uh, like 2001 and Apocalypse Now yeah. as being direct influences on this. And those are two landmark films even if you hate them like i mean those are two just highly influential landmark movies i mean i I thought overall he he did a good job this is a great looking film it takes you on a journey there are some very memorable scenes there are some questionable scenes (laughs) there's a lot of questions that you're going to ask yourself i admire that this is an ambitious film um that's for adults for adults yeah this isn't pandering to kids Mm -hmm. in any way this is for adults so yeah, I would give this like a like a B plus. What what would you give this? C minus. <laughs> Just weren't weren't feeling it. <laughs> you told me at the end of the movie I look tired. Well, I mean we're seeing you know I mean we're seeing it at night you know I mean it's yeah, a long movie. Yeah, but you're like you're like Ashley, you look tired. I said, uh, yeah. Did it, the movie wear you out? Is that is that what you're or, implying? Or made me so bored that all I wanted to was thinking about was sleep. I wasn't really bored by the movie. I was mostly intrigued. I mean, I wasn't like riveted, but I thought the movie was pretty watchable and it was pretty intriguing. And it, it's a good spectacle on the IMAX screen. We saw this in IMAX. We did. It looks great in IMAX. Yeah. I mean, the movie was visually pleasing. I, I mean, it, it is a very good technical. If you give this movie, if you give this a C minus, what would you give First Man? Oh, a D. Okay. Because yeah, we saw First Man a year ago in the same IMAX theater, and that was like being trapped in a coffin yeah that was <laughs> like that two was, and a half that hours was an awful movie that's barely watchable yeah i mean ad astra is significantly better i guess not a good date movie i mean <laughs> you don't even look like you like talking about it no it's not a good date movie because you're bringing up all these daddy issues and well I, i'm imagining a date where like it's a guy and girl and like and the lights come up and the guy is just sitting there weeping and he can't move and the girl's like are we, are, are we done yet? Are we getting yeah. food? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> probably, yeah, probably not the best date movie. I mean, not the worst, but yeah, not, it shouldn't be your first pick. I guess, I guess that, that does it. That's Ad Astra, directed by James Gray. You can find more episodes at anchor.fm slash movie date night, as well as on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at DNMoviePodcast, and you can also email us at 
datenightmoviepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Patrick. And I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.